in his presence. Psalm 24, let me read this passage of scripture. So let's go with where the Lord wants us to go this morning. You guys good with that? I am. I am. I'm really good with that. And if, uh, if the Lord wants to take us another direction, you guys know how it works. We, I strongly encourage and that uh, you, you interact, you interrupt. And I, I please, I encourage it. <clears throat> And I also encourage you just enjoy the Lord's presence to this morning. Listen to what the Lord's saying. My prayer, more than anything that I speak, the words of the Lord is that we hear the words of the Lord. Amen? Um, um, and I love that the Holy Spirit, and I love how Alfonso said this one time, and it really kind of brought it to light. He said, the Holy Spirit has this great, great knack of interpreting, like taking words that kind of come out of our mouths and are all fumbled and jumbled and Maybe even like in other, they just don't make any sense. And then he has this great knack of when it hits our ears of sorting it all out and making it like actually penetrate, even go past our ears and into this place called our heart and soul. And that's my prayer on a regular basis. I don't know if you said it like that, but that's how I heard it when he said it. See, the Holy Spirit, he didn't say anything like that, but I know that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. It's like, and I, so it's like, oh, that's going to be my prayer from this day on for our, our fellowship time. Psalm 24, starting in verse 1, verse 6, in New Living Translation, says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him, for he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and adhere to truth. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence. And I think that's where we're going this morning is we're looking into a, the deeper, uh, I think it's a deeper concept, the deep end of, for a moment today, I'm going to take us to the deep end of abiding in Christ, uh, the deep end of I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, that relationship, relationship between a branch and a vine. I'm going to start off with a question. You guys know I always like to question. Why do I like to ask a question? You guys know this, right? Makes you think. Makes you come to a conclusion within your very self. So the question isn't just to get you like, oh, it's not, this isn't a... Uh, 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 who was that? Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't there. <laughs> You're laughing because you do the same thing. <laughs> there was a thought there, like literally that that long ago, and it's gone. <clears throat> it's so that we 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 come to the conclusion. I'm not going to comment. We come to the conclusion that there's something that we need to do about it. Something we need to implement into our very own life. So the question is this. What is your mark of identity? Uh, I can ask it another way. How do others know that you're a follower of Jesus? And if you read my text yesterday, this is, this is I think, the, the most critical identifier. This is the most obvious identifier. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 16, it says, this is Moses having this conversation with God. It says, how will anyone know that you look favorable on me? on me and on your people. If you don't go with us, for your presence among us sets your people 
and me apart for all, from all other people on the face of the earth. That's awesome. I mean, so many times we, I think we, we get caught up in what Christianity looks like, what a, what a disciple looks like, what a follower of Jesus looks like. And we say, well, it ought to look like that. It ought to look like those over there. It ought to look like that people. You know, uh, it could be, you know, whether you sing worship really loud, dance in the, in the aisles, uh, or maybe, maybe you adhere to the hymns, and that's what real, that's, that's, that's a obvious, that's, a, or, or the word, you know, the word's got to be preached, and it's got to be preached and adhered to and stuck to, and those are all good things. They're not bad things. They're really great things, all of them put together. Or, or maybe we could be like, you know, uh, the church over there with the big crosses, you know, where it's all about like our, 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 Rebellion against society, or not society, the government. And let's make sure that we, that's what identifies us as the presence of God. That's what identifies us as Christians is we don't go by what other people say. But then there's this other group of people that say, well, Christians are supposed to be law-abiding citizens. That's what identifies us. We obey the laws. Well, which one is it then? I'm confused because obey the laws, rebel against the laws. I don't know. But maybe there's an answer right here, right? We have it. The presence of God is what identifies us, what actually marks us as children of God, followers of God. And Moses was having this great conversation with God. Um, hello? Oh, sorry. I thought I heard somebody. Um, and he's having this dynamic conversation in Exodus chapter 33, which is really fantastic. He, he actually... Um, is pleading with God because God's, God says there's some really, can I say this? There's some funky stuff in the Bible. And I mean that with much respect and honor. And, and, but there's this place that God is telling Moses that <laughs> take those people away from me. Take those, and Moses is like, what are you talking about? These are your people. You're the one that told me to take these people and lead them. And now you're saying you don't want anything to do with these people. And so there's this, this advocate that as Moses is advocating for God's people. because, And he says something that I think is super intriguing. God says to Moses, if, if I'm around them, I'll destroy them. It's like, Moses is like, wait, 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 no, have mercy Please have mercy. And that's where he says this. Please, if you don't go with us, what's the point? And I think that's something that we believe in, we adhere to here in our fellowship time, in our worship time, in our, our gathering together, in our entire being. If you are not here, what's the point? If you're not with us, doing this with us, if you're not going with us, if your presence in the midst of us isn't obvious, what's the point? Hello? I mean, I think we can get that. We can understand that because there's a lot of clubs and, and organizations that honestly outdo us and outdo Christians on a regular basis as far as the do-gooding and, the, and, and even the, the, their marketing and, and everything. It's like, wow, they do that really well. But that's not what we're after, Right? We're after the presence of God. Amen? Um, <clears throat> so let's go on. This is, gosh, I got two good pages of notes, and I want to get through them, and I apologize if I'm going to rush, because it's, it, it, it's where the Lord wants us to go, I believe. 
I said I don't know where the Holy Spirit wants to end, but I think he wants to end at the end. How about that? Super profound, right? <laughs> we are the branches. Listen to this. This is great. We are the branches integrally connected to the vine and to each other. This is truth. This is truth. And as Mart disciples, I'm sorry, my glass, this, I, I just can't do the thing. As Mart disciples, we cannot forget this very truth, that we are the branches integrally, say that right, integrally connected. Did I say that right? Okay. Integrally, that's not right either. Yeah. You guys know what I'm saying. Hey, guys. Welcome. Good morning. Blessings on you. We just got going. Wholeheartedly connected to the vine. We're branches that are connected to the vine. And in, the, in that connection, there's, it's the branches connected to one another also. And this is a truth. We cannot forget this truth. And here's the problem. It's a problem. It's not the problem, but it's a problem. We like to think of ourselves as independent, strong people, that we could do this on our own. I've got this. I really don't need that much help. Yeah, a nice cheerleader wouldn't hurt, but I don't need all that kind of help. And see, the thing is, we forget that we must stay connected we must stay connected to Jesus and to each other. And it's so easy to forget what that means, especially in today's world. Because here's, here's something that is extremely popular, and I want you, and you guys will identify with it. You'll, you'll, you'll hear it in today's world. The number of spiritual but not religious people continues to increase. Increase. See, there's a, there's a deep hunger for spirituality, yet those spiritually hungry people are seldom part of a faith community, organized religion, church. In fact, they even speak as their spiritual journey, listen to this, their spiritual journey as more noble and more true because they are not a part of a church. Have you heard that? I hear it all the time and everywhere I go. Why? But th doesn't that sound like there's this, like, this disconnection? Absolutely. And you say, well, no, you don't, how can you say that, brother? You're judging them. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm assessing what's actually happening. Here's what's happening. Partly because, yes, the traditional churchgoers were seen as hypocritical, right? They think we talk the talk, but don't walk the walk, right? Heard that one. I don't know how many people I hear that from. Talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. I'm not a part of organized religion. I got an issue with it. I got a problem with it. The pastor's always asking for money. That's all they ever want. It's money, 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 money. It's all about money. <sighs> Lord. I believe that those that disconnect are simply this, and it's saddening. They're deceived, duped. They're lied to, and they believe the lie. 
Because that's where, I, and I, that's why I jumped ahead. The presence of God has always had the infrastructure of us, community, always. Even from the very, very beginning of creation, right? There is this phrase that we get insight into, which is really fantastic because nobody was there. Not a single soul was there. A person, a human was not there. And we get this phrase that is in the Bible, let us make man in our image. Total infrastructure of community right there. Our image, us make man in our image. And then after he created man, formed him, breathed life into him, and then showed him all that they let him, allowed him to name all the creatures that he had created, brought them to him. And then he said one thing, said, ah, this is good, but it's not good that man is alone. And then that's where he created and, he's, and he gave us woman. It's so awesome. I'm so glad that he saw that, that need. Amen. All of us. Man and woman, especially men. Can you imagine? It, it's it, worse. Oh, praise the Lord. And then even there's this, this uh, and then right after that, you know, a man and woman, Adam and Eve, they, they started to procreate and they had a couple of kids. Two sons that we know of, right? Cain and Abel. What happened there? That was a part of this because remember, the presence of God is still there. He's walking with them so much so that, you know, Abel and Cain, they both bring God an offering. And Abel's was accepted because it was, a, it was the first. It was that which it was, the, it was his best. He got, gave God his best in his first, the first fruits. And then Cain brings God an offering also, but it wasn't. It was his leftovers. And he kept that for himself. And God just comes to him. It's like, what's up with you, dude? Like, and literally, this is a conversation that God is having with Cain. Why are you looking all sad and downtrodden? What's going on with your face? Man, you're looking like you just, uh, it's like, well, you don't like me. You didn't accept my, my offering. <laughs> literally, this is, I mean, I'm rewording it just a smidge, but it's, this is what's happening. It's like, you didn't accept me. It's like, well, God says just simple this. Well, just simply do what's right. And you will be right with me. Do what's right. You'll be right with me. And he, he literally pouts about it. He goes away pouting about it. And God stops him as he's walking away. I can see this conversation. says, Cain, stop yourself right now. You need to check yourself. And he says something. He says, sin is crouching at your door. Sin is crouching at your door. But you must... Master it. Rule over it before it masters you. And that's an interesting phrase that he uses there because in that phrasing, what it's about is about what he's about to do to his brother, which is take him out. So this whole thing is about community. It's about the presence of God is, 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 is loving your brother and doing what's right and helping one another. And you know, this thing, sin crouching at your door is an interesting phrase to me. I'm thinking of it like, what's that look like? A... a a crouching tiger, you know, or something that's, you know, but, but that's not really what I envision. I envision something a little bit different. And I know this is, uh, and I probably because I could re relate to this, is something that's ready to just pounce out of the door and grab a hold of you. Um, I've been bitten by a dog a couple times. 
Every time I've been bitten by a dog is because as soon as I opened the door, a dog lunged out at me and grabbed a hold of me. I think I was like nine or ten, Mom. Do you remember when I had a paper route? Mom? It's okay. We'll talk about it later. And I... Before, that was what you did back in the day when you, did, you, you, you delivered papers to your neighbors, you know, and, the, and then you'd go and you'd collect, and you had to collect the money, and as you collected the money, they would, you know, shut the door on your face or, or open the door, and this dog came out and grabbed a hold of me, oh, and bit me really hard, and I'm like, I'm here to collect for, and I was like literally a little kid, for the paper that, you know, and, and I'm like trying everything in me not to tear up because that dog grabbed a hold of me and blood is coming down my leg and everything and and and, and they're like oh come back later and I'm like okay and I just I got on my bike and I bawled all the way home like man what a little baby yeah you guys can remember that that's okay you can remind me of it <clears throat> and then and then it wasn't but like I don't know about 10 years ago as I knocked on a door in Lincoln Hills a little and, and you hear this little yapper chihuahua and I'm like, oh, whatever. And this thing, this thing, as soon as I open the door, I'm not joking, this happened. This literally happened exactly like this. And it, and it was the funniest thing I've ever happened to me is this thing, as soon as the door opened up, this thing came out and it jumped like literally two feet. And I just like quickly turned and the thing hung on my butt. It grabbed a hold of my pants and I'm like, what the heck is that thing? It's like hanging, I'm like trying to shake it off and... Like, goodness gracious. And, I'm, and the lady's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's like. <laughs> but that's what I envision this thing that, of sin that crouches at the door. And it's almost as though as soon as you just crack it, it lunges out after you. And it will grab you. And yeah, it can be a pit bull with teeth that just won't let go. Or it could be an annoying little chihuahua. But it still is, it gets you. And that's why it's something that we must, when he says we must master it, we must not allow that door to be opened. And it's something that we, Robin and I, in our counseling, our loving for people, and something that we see on a regular basis, and it's so heartbreaking sometimes because so many just like, just a revolving door to to stuff that just brings issues and things and allows sin in and out of their lives. And it's like, just shut the door. Just shut the door to it. Sometimes that's all it takes is just shut the door. And I know there's so much more to it than that at times. And our lives are super complex and we have a, a lot of disorders that we want to say, this is why I do this and it's why I do that. Sometimes we just got to shut the door. And master it, not let it master us, because that's so key in, in what I believe is in, in, in what Jesus, what he said in Psalm, says, those that worship God are with pure hands, a good heart, a right relationship with Jesus, their Savior. And that's the only way we're going to get good hands and a good heart, pure hands and a good heart, is being right with Jesus, the blood of Jesus, completely forgiving us covering us up because we can't do it without that and that's the, again the vine and the branches that's where we're at today right okay let me go on because this is this gets better um you know you, you know so then we get to uh john fifteen five. let me read there uh, sorry hold on 
I skipped over Abraham, who's the father of all faith, you know, and that's the, because he's the father of all who have faith. Moses, an advocate for, to God for a stubborn and stiff-necked people. And then Jesus, who is the, really the, my favorite phase in the Bible, is whosoever. That's all-inclusive. Hello? It's all-inclusive. It's not for the monks that go hide on the mountain. Yes, it's for them too. But it's, 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 it's about community. Jesus said, go and share, go and tell it on the mountain. That's what it's about. It's about bringing others into the kingdom, into the sheepfold, into, into his presence. So it's, it's, it's all about community. It's all about us. And that's so important and key to understand and to remember. In John 15, 5, this is it. It says, yes, I am the vine. And I'm going to use the word that he uses at the beginning of this because it's, it's I think it's it's. If we use that word, listen, real. I am the real vine. I am the real vine. Because that's how he starts out in John 15, 1. I am the real vine. My father is the vine dresser. But this he says, I'm going to say it here. I'm going to add it. I am the real vine. Guess that what, what makes you? The real branch. I am the real vine. You are the branch. I am the real vine. You are the real branch. That means there's something that's real inside of you. And that realness is a connection to God. Hallelujah. That realness is, and that's what makes us attractive and outstanding to other people, whatever people group, any people group. It's not because we have all the right doctrine and our theology is perfectly correct. That just doesn't exist. It's not because we're super kind and generous and we love everyone and help everyone. That's a good club to join. It's the presence of God that out makes us outstanding. Hello? And that's connecting to the real branch as the real vine as a real branch. And then he says, those who remain in me and I in them, they will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I said this about a month ago or so, and it's a phrase that I really like because it's, I think it's so true. It says, we teach others what we know, but we reproduce who we are as disciples of Christ. Who we are is what we're going to reproduce. Amen? And the main pur- purpose, this is actually, I, I want to read this because this is actually something I just, I just pulled off Google about how a vine, a, in a, how the, the actual process of a branch Getting life from the vine works. The main purpose of the vine, listen to this. Uh, this is, you, this, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. This is cool. The main purpose of the vine is to raise the leaves above the ground, enabling the tree or the vine to reach the light and survive. It also performs the task of transporting water, nutrients, or sap, from the roots to the above ground parts, such as the branches and the leaves. The vine then, and then, and then it, the vine and to, distributes this food produced by the leaves to all other parts, including the roots. There's this interconnection that, that, that it works. The branches, the vine, the leaves, the roots, it's all connected and there's, there's this flow that's taking place. A flow that's taking place. Doesn't that sound biblical? A river of life flowing out of you, flowing through you. The Holy Spirit moving through you. 
That's a flow that's taking place. That's why it's so important to understand the truth that he is the vine and we are the branches. And it's not so that we can have one little branch sticking off over here like a Charlie Brown tree that, that has one ornament. As soon as you put it on, it falls. No, it's so that we're, they're so interconnected that we're a beautiful, gorgeous, fruit-producing plant. Amen? Even by myself, amen. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Psalm 63. This is good. You guys doing okay? Okay, good. I was going to keep going whether you said no, yes or no. Psalm 63, uh, starting in verse 1, says, Oh God, because this is what I want us to look like. This is, this is where I'm at right now. Or this is where the Holy Spirit wants us to go. Like, what does that look like? Again, what does that look like? The presence of God working through my life. And, and, and how does that, like, how do, how do I apply that every day on a daily basis? Um, to where it's, it's not just this moment in time on a Sunday morning from 10 to 12 that we take to worship and, and listen to a preacher. And, and it, it's how do I apply and how do I get into the presence of God on a daily basis how do I go after that, that connection every single day and every moment of the day? And I think this is a uh, this is really awesome little passage in Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. Life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings and I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. You know, as, I, as, as that passage just like hit me and jumped out at me and I said, okay, that's, I got to share that. I was thinking of just the, the things that happened even throughout this week, even in my life and Nothing major and tragic uh, other than I, I, I'll share with you something that, that I want you guys to know and I want you guys to be praying for my family with and um, is that my grandmother, my mom's mom, was diagnosed with stage four cancer throughout her entire body. Um, and that's, it's pretty much everywhere. Uh, it's where there's no, she's choosing to not to take treatment and they're giving her, what, six to 12 months. And that's, that's a gracious time frame. And I... <laughs> that, that really messes with you. What if the, what the, the six to 12 months, that's what you got? Um, interesting, huh? Makes you really like, whoo, go to a place that like, okay. Not all of us get that, that sort of warning in uh, how do we live within those six to 12 months. And then it makes you wonder what happens after six months. It's like, oh. I guess this is, could be today. 
But pray for our family. Pray for her. Pray she knows the Lord. She knows Jesus. Um, my prayer, and I'm asking you to pray the same prayer that you'll. I ask you to pray it with me and along with me around this time frame. And it's not going to be easy because I'm her oldest grandson, her first grandson, and there's like there's like 50 of us. I'm not joking. I think grandchildren and great grandchildren, and she even has all of these are her great great grandchildren. The, the little girls that you see. And he's got, she's got over a dozen of those. Great, great grandchildren. She's lived a good long life. And, um, but I'm her first grandchild. And so there's a special connection there. And so it's... Anyway, it's not going to be easy, but we'll get through it, right? Okay, thank you. <clears throat> but as I was looking into what this calling out to God, this cry that David cries to God, oh God, you are my God. I know it could be, there could be serious stuff and severe stuff and, and difficult stuff for us to go through, but you know what I found myself doing this week? Just the simple things. Like, man, my ankle was sore, and I was just, God, help. <laughs> God, help. I found myself asking God for help for everything. Everything. God just help. And I've had people call me this week, Robin and I call us for just really serious stuff. We need prayer for this. We, one of Robin's really best friends, her mom just passed away. Please pray for her family. Those are God help moments. But you don't have to have a, 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 a major God help moment to ask God for help. And that's what I want to really convey this morning, is I think that this is a place where God is taking us to the presence of God, is just at every juncture, at every place, whether it's just, you know what, I, I don't have enough money to fill my tank up with gas, God help. God, I need, I need this, I need that, God help. God, I'm feeling really joyful this morning, God help me to stay here. Hello? Have you ever done that? God, I feel really crappy today. Can you help me through it? It's the real branch connected to the real vine. The life source is the sap of Jesus. The sticky sap of Jesus. I love that. I don't know why that word is like so cool. Because once you get sap on you, you can't get it off, right? And that's what I want and I, in my relationship and my love for Jesus. I want to grab a hold of the sap and rub it all over me where it doesn't come off. And it's like there's a, there's, I don't care how I look, but I want the sap of Jesus all over me. Amen. Whew. This, Psalm 36. I'm going to just keep going. Verse 7 through 9 says, How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. You feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. For you are a fountain of life, the light by which we see. And then Jesus says this in John 7. 37, which is really fantastic. Listen to this. 
Anyone who is thirsty, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. There's, a, there's four or five words in that that I want us to, to look and see that thirsty, if you're thirsty, you can come. If you believe, you can drink. That's it. And you drink the rivers of living water and they flow through you. I love that. Because that's, that, that's what the branch is doing, is drinking from the vine. Drinking from the vine. Its life source is in the vine. Our life source is in the vine and the vine alone. And I know there's a lot of stuff out there that will portray itself as the answers to life. I don't know how many commercials you see. This is the most important thing you need to do for the rest of your life. And all it is is go to a gym or something like that. That's not unimportant. I'm not saying that. But the, the thing that matters is connection to the vine and to each other. Amen? This is, the, this is the sap. I call it the sap. I love that. The sap of the vine, the living water, the very life and love and joy of the Son of God, Jesus, flowing through you. The branch life. And see, what then what, ta- what, what happens and takes place is Christ, Jesus, flowing through you miraculously increases the flow and even multiplies this thing called fruit in your life. God-glorifying fruit. And I don't think we should be passive about this. In other words, what I mean by that is, this is, what I, and I, this is something I've always believed. I think that there's, sometimes we take the passive approach to fruit producing. In other words, we just sit back and say, well, okay, I am waiting for you to make me feel patient and kind and good and gentle and loving. I'm waiting for you to give me self-control. And that's not, that's not, I don't believe that's not how Jesus wants us to perceive that. And I'm not saying we go, but it's, it's a works thing, because then there's the, the opposite pendulum to that, the op- opposite spectrum which is we pretend to actually be kind and good and have self-control. And that's a works thing. But there is a, I believe there's an active move that we must take place in. And there's an, a, a, an approach that we must take, which is to deliberately connect ourselves to Christ. We must intentionally be about remaining in him. And in that intentional, deliberate move that we make to stay in him, remain in him, the fruit is produced. And that is a very active move on our part. It's not a passive move. You don't wait for God to make you do something. You go and you move and you do, and God will empower you to do the good that God wants you to do. To be loving, to be kind. Hello? 
What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. And I think there's ones in there that, that aren't listed because I know you listed them and we think that that's what it makes, it's made up of. There's humility. There's generosity. There's hospitality. And there's self-control. And guess where, the, the, you know, the, there's a thing called self-control. You know what thing we need to control the most? <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> That thing that you just used. Your tongue. <laughs> See? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Like I said, humility, generosity. Those are fruits of the Spirit that come out of us, but they only come out of us when there's this like you said, intentional and very active move to connect to the vine. I mean, we've got to stick to the words of Jesus. We've got to stick with Jesus. We've got to hold on to Jesus. We've got to adhere to what Jesus says for us to do. And, and, yet, and it's very clear about even us being a part of each other to me because that, that part that he's talking about is, is you, you know, remember I talked about Cain and... and, and um, you know, when, when actually he made the move to take his brother out, it didn't go unnoticed. He didn't get away with it. God said, right, went right to him and said, hey, where's your brother? I said, I'm not my brother's keeper. Why are you asking me? Go find him. God knew exactly where he was at. He was giving him an opportunity to actually repent and come clean. And I think that's something that's, that too is so God, so full of mercy. He gives us the opportunity to say, yeah, I messed up. I need to reconnect and I need to go back and I need to get back and I need to get right and I need to, I need to humble myself and I need to ask for forgiveness and I need to, and those are opportunities to bring God glory because in that, that's where God says, see, that's my child. That's my child. One that goes and is, humbles himself and is real and very connected, a real branch connected to the real vine. And that's, I think, a place that we sometimes will miss. And I think that we need to get there. We need to strive for there. Keep going for there. It's not passive. We need to be active about it. I want to finish up with this verse in the Bible. And it's, yes. Amen. 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 We have to, and I think that's that's so, so true. And thank you, Alfonso. And that's what. I'll just re repeat it because it was really good. So everybody, if you didn't hear it, is even the act of drinking from the river of life. In fact, when he spoke those words in John 7, it was at the end of the great feast. And, and at that point, the river, they, they open up the floodgates and these, this waters flow down the, down the steps of the temple. 
And Jesus gets up and speaks those words. I am the river of life. The rivers of living water will flow out of you as it was flowing out of the temple to the people. And, and that was, that's the case in, in Alfonso saying you have to get down. And sometimes you have to get down. I talked about this last week, you know, how Jesus got down and served and washed the disciples' feet. And he said, go and do likewise. As I have loved you, love one another. That too is tapping into the river. And I think that's, it's, sometimes it's the, it's the physical act of doing the thing that God wants us to do, whether it's helping somebody, giving them a ride, or doing something that, that you know, and it may be like it's, oh, we can't do that in these day and age. You know, you got to protect yourself, and you, you know, there's a lot of weirdies out there. Yeah, you know what? I'm one of them. If you see me on the side of the road, I'm going to look weird to you. Pick me up. I need a ride. Please. And you never know what that person is going through that is just really struggling. And they may look odd. They may even look dangerous. Yeah, trust the Lord. I'm, I'm, I really do say trust the Lord's leading and guiding in it. But as God leads and guides us, I believe we're going be, to be moving and doing. And, and I, I just want to just like, God, you know, like moving and grooving, like getting into it. Like this is what God is about. This is what the presence of God is, is us doing the good stuff, the God stuff, helping one another, giving to one another, loving one another, supporting one another, not beating one another, not breaking each other down. Because in his presence, there's life. There's abundant life. In Matthew 18, you know, that phrase that he uses that you can ask of the Father in my name, anything you ask, it will be given to you. Is pretty interesting. He uses it in two places. One in John 15, as he's talking about the vine and the branches, and this place also in Matthew 18. And he says this, 18 verse eight, starting in 18, in just a few verses, it says, I tell you the truth, that whatever you, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. This is understanding the authority that God has given us and walking in it. And I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there amongst you. We've heard that verse before, right? We've quoted it. Hey, if there's two or more here, then God's here. Well, yes, yes, absolutely, 100%. Where there's two or more in his name, seeking the will of God, pressing into the Father for his presence, that's where he steps in. Do you see that? There's no isolation. There is no, um, well, just me, me and, and God in the wilderness kind of stuff. This is... He's saying, where two or more are gathered in my name, seeking the will of God. And that's what I'm asking for God to do inside of us and through us, is as we gather together in his name, in the name of Jesus, as we gather together to lift him up, to glorify him, to worship him, to learn of him, to love one another, he is here in the midst of us. Amen? And it's what, you know, that's why... I, you know, in the text, I said it, I, I seek the Lord and I ask the Lord and I plead for the Lord to show up. Like Moses said, if you don't come with this, what's the point? 
So I don't want us to be a people, and I don't believe that God wants us to be a people that we just, you know, have, have a nice club to join. It's about the presence in his presence. And in his presence is where we're going to find healing. We're going to find restoration. We're going to find freedom from the bondages of sin and addictions. And we're going to find life and truth. And we're going to find forgiveness. And we're going to find a place that we can come to and be safe. Safe to be real. Safe to be honest. Safe to allow the Lord to heal. Whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, it doesn't matter. God loves us and He wants to love us together as one, as a groom loves His bride. And that's where He's bringing us. And I think that's where He's going to take us His presence. Amen. You can gather up, uh, Mike. I'm sorry to just. Uh, briskly end it, but I believe that's where the Lord wants to end it. So, Father God, we just thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your presence that is so real. It's real. It's not even, it's more than what even, than, than we talk about. It, it, it's, it's the words that are, that you give us in English don't really describe it, but it's just ah, oh, ah, oh. and sometimes it's just, there are no words, and sometimes it's just, just tears, and sometimes it's just, wow. And sometimes just thank you. And then sometimes, Lord, it's just, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And then other times it's, Lord, use me. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. Let's break down the barriers of Satan and the, and, and the walls that are built up. And in Jesus' name, let's go. Destroy the kingdom of darkness and bring people into the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That your glory, your presence, your glory, your presence is what sets us apart, is what marks us as yours. That's really all it is. It just marks us. By your presence, we are marked. In Jesus' name, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.